Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Light the Fight, and I am one of your hosts, David Kozlowski. Tonight, unfortunately, again, Heidi cannot be with us. I know for all the loyal listeners, it's just not the same when Heidi's not around. (laughs) And uh, I'm here, so you're with me. Whether you want to be with me or not, you press play. You're going to get some information that's going to give you just a different way to look at your relationships with your kids but tonight you're going to be getting it by, well, through me alone without Heidi. This is Heidi's go time. So if Heidi, this is Heidi's tax season. If she was a tax attorney or a CPA or something like that, holidays, all the crafts. So she's got a lot of stuff going on with family and business right now. So I'm going to drive the wheel, take the wheel of this vehicle and start driving it. But before I get started, I want to give a big shout out to our official sponsor here at Light the Fight, teencounseling.com. Just a couple of quick pointers for uh, reminders for some of our newer listeners. Teencounseling.com is an online counseling service that's specifically for 13 and 19 year olds where you can get hooked up with a licensed professional counselor right away and they'll be communicating through the device that your kids are usually on anyways, it's called a phone. That's right. Through their smartphone app, just like a FaceTime situation where you can have your child be counseling with a licensed professional through the phone. Definitely makes it a whole lot easier. You don't have to jump through all the hoops of having to drive them down to see a counselor. And if you're living in an area where it's difficult to have a good teen counselor, teencounseling.com has made that so much easier. They can match you up with a therapist, a specialist with your situation within 24 hours with the skills and experience that you need. Um, all, uh, all you have to do is fill out a short questionnaire. And then once it, that's get approved and you're matched up, the counselor and your teen will begin communicating directly. Now, as a parent, you get to choose that. Your counselor, your teenager doesn't do all the choosing a counselor. You're involved with that process as well. Um, and it's very affordable. I can tell you right now, to if you balance it out um, uh, every session, how much it costs, it is half the price of one of my counseling sessions that I charge my own private practice. So it's very affordable, very accessible, and very easy. And you get a 10% discount for using backslash light the fight. So teencounseling.com backslash LTF. So don't actually put in light the fight, but it stands for light the fight to get your 10% discount on teencounseling.com. And also want to give a big shout out to our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS. They make it all happen. They're a community sponsor. It means they help us provide um, parent nights for communities. Uh, They help us with all their associates at their business to help us get the best information, how to help your family be more successful, be the parent that you want to be, and also just have better relationships with your loved ones in general. So thank you for 1-800-CONTACTS for all your support of Light the Fight. So let's get to the episode. So without Heidi here... um, there's not a lot of bantering going on because I don't have anyone to banter with. Listeners, if you could talk to me right now, what would you say? I don't know what you'd say, and I don't know if you'd even want to talk to me, but I just thought I'd pose that question. <laughs> 
So I'm here by myself, as you can tell. I'm, I don't do good by myself. I'm, I'm feeling some abandonment issues at this moment. I'm just kidding. Let's get it started. Heidi did not abandon us. I do not feel the abandonment issues. But I do want to talk to you about something that just keeps on coming up in my own private practice. In fact, my producer and I, we've discussed this. And we've decided to put this on our top three list of e-courses to produce. So you may be familiar with us talking about the subject for a while now, but I recently gave a TED Talk. And in that TED Talk, I talked about something that we've mentioned here on the podcast called the Parent-Teen Partnership and the Parent-Teen Partnership Agreement. And basically what that is, is an agreement that I've worked on throughout the years that helps parents and teens be able to work on their relationship without having to have a horrible thing in their life happen that forces them to work on the relationship. Now, if there's a bad relationship between you and your teen, this agreement can be a lifesaver. But it works a whole lot better if there's not a horrible situation. And this agreement can just help your teen develop some very important independent living skills and helps you learn how to stay in your own lane and give them the space and the support that they need to figure things out but you can't jump in and bail them out and save them like a lifeguard every time that they're struggling or feel like they're drowning. So that's what our first e-course is going to be about. That's what my first e-course is going to be about here on the podcast. But this next subject that we're going to talk about and what today's episode is going to be about, this is a very, very highly requested e-course. If you don't know what an e-course is, it's basically internet learning. It's just we're going to teach you how to do some things that we've talked about here on the podcast, but we're going to break it down so you can rewind it, watch it. It's just going to be the easiest way to learn. So um, the subject that I'm referring to is I have a lot of mothers throughout the years come in and talk to me about a very important subject to them, and it should be important to them, and that is how do they, how do they connect better with their teens? In the times that moms, and by the way, this isn't just for you moms out there, dads, this could be for you, but this seems to be a little bit more of a common topic that I have with, uh, a common discussion I have with mothers. So here's how, here's how this all works. Moms come to me, they say they want a better relationship with their kid. I say, great. I start working with them, get to know their kid. Their kid shares the, the different things that, that they wish, or first of all, the kid just usually says the things that they don't like about their parents. And then over time, I get to find out why they don't like it. What's the pattern? People don't just wake up one day and say, hey, this drives me crazy. No, something drives them crazy. It's usually a repetitive thing, something that's been happening constant, something that they don't feel like they have control over, don't feel like they can stop it. So what usually happens is when a mom comes in, she's trying to get a better relationship with their kid, their teenager, they start sharing stories of these fails that the, that the parent has or the mom has. The fails usually sound like, they picked up their kid from school and, and they try to have a conversation with them. And the next thing you know, they say something that's not really cool for teenagers. Maybe they try to be cool and they try to say um, you know, a slang word or they try to relate and they bomb, they miss, they, they just fail. And then their teenager mocks them, makes fun of them. And the parent either tries to A, laugh it off or play it all cool like they're not bothered by it or they visibly get bothered by it and say, what's wrong with that? Like, I'm just trying to... Then a conversation turns into an argument. Then the argument happens and the teenager walks away feeling pissed off their parent. The parent feels disrespected and feels upset with their teenager all because the parent simply just was trying to connect with them and become close to them. 
Well, throughout uh, most of parenting um, 101, throughout all the generations, we usually hear something along these lines. Parents, you can't be friends with your kids. Parents, don't be friends with your kids. Parents, don't share too much with your kids because if they see you as a friend, they're going to take advantage of you. Things like this. And there's a lot of truth in when people said that. And at the same time, do not expect your goal to keep a distance from your kids so that you're not friends with your kids. In fact, I would suggest the opposite. If you're not friends with your kids and you don't have a good reputation with your kids, well, then there's a serious problem. Now, most people go to the extreme and they think that being friends with their kids means that the only way you could get a friendship with your kid is you'd have to give them what they wanted all the time. You can't get mad at them. You can't argue with them. You can't have your own opinions. You can't have your own morals and your own thoughts. You have to basically just submit to whatever they want, give them what they want, and that's how you can get your kid to be friends with you. Well, that's completely false because I can't think of a friendship that I have with someone that's built upon that same philosophy and that same approach. In fact, if I was friends with someone, well, let's just imagine that they were like my best friend, and in that friendship, I required them to do everything that I wanted them to do, and if they were disrespectful, rolled their eyes, or made jokes at my expense, I got mad and upset, and I took something away from them, or I punished them in some way, shape, or form. Well, that's not a friendship. That's not a friendship at all. I would ask every single one of you parents out there to listen to this. I would challenge you to figure out a way to be friends with your kids without selling out and being the person that your kids think if you were to act like that person and be that person, that they would want to hang out with you and be your friend. See, most of us have friends that we actually don't have anything in common with. In fact, all too often, our best friends are people that we wouldn't have hung out in high school. We wouldn't have been in the same social cliques and social groups. But because of a work experience, because of some sort of life experience, we're brought close to that person. And in that shared experience, we had similar hurt, pain, frustrations, happiness, excitement, whatever it was, we shared something together. And out of what we shared together, that shared experience developed a real genuine connection and friendship. And it has less to do with what you have in common and more to do with what you've shared together. See, I want you to see yourself, I want you to see friendship with your kids as not being their pal or their buddy, but being someone that has their back and that they can trust. Now, most parents get fixated on the things that their kids ask for, like money, freedom, and that if they don't give them money, freedom, then there can't be a friendship there. Well, I don't think friendship is required, is requiring money and freedom to be given for there to be a friendship. When you depend upon someone or when you can depend upon someone, that means you don't have to guess how that person is going to act in a situation. You know how they're going to act. They're very consistent. And so even if you don't like it, they are consistent. They are the same person. And since you know what you're going to get, you feel there's a level of trust with that person. Now, if you get something from that person consistently and it's usually a smile or a positive affirmation or confidence, let's say every time you get something from that person, they may give you raw, honest truth that may hurt your feelings a little bit. 
but they're always giving it to you because they're trying to help you, not because they're trying to be mean or a jerk. So you trust it, you take their criticism, you roll with it, and you're better off because of it. To get that type of friendship with your teenagers means that you're going to have to be the same person damn near every single time they see you. That doesn't mean that you can't have anger. It doesn't mean you can't be frustrated. It doesn't mean you can't have a bad day. But it means that those have to be the exception to the rule. If you do not have your emotions, your finances, and I say your finances because those trigger a lot of negative and stressed out emotions. If you don't have your emotions, your finances, your relationships in order in your life, it's going to be really hard to be friends with a lot of people. You're going to be aggravated, frustrated, and upset a lot. And when you're aggravated and frustrated and upset a lot, it's difficult for other people to connect with you. And it's difficult for you to be a fun, loving, easygoing person. So first things first, parents, listen to this. I want you to look at your own life and think, what are the areas where I'm tied up in knots? What are the areas I'm really angry and frustrated about? And so when I'm starting off a conversation with my teenager and my kid, that has nothing to do with what I'm angry and frustrated about, my finances, my whatever it may be, I can tell my kid, say, hey, listen, I need to talk to you about your homework. Point to your face and say, if my face looks really upset right now and really angry about your homework, by the way, a little side note, even if you are angry and upset about their homework, trust me, you're more angry and upset that you got yourself in a difficult situation with maybe a home loan, maybe a car that ended up breaking down and you wish you wouldn't spend so much money on it. Maybe you overpaid for a vacuum. I don't know. Whatever it is that were your choices that didn't go the way you wanted them to go, that's ang- that's making you angry and frustrated. That is not your kid's homework. But if you're talking to your kid about their homework, if you're talking to them about an issue that they're having, you bring all of your crap to that conversation unknowingly, then they start to feel like their relationship with you, their friendship with you is based upon them telling you what you want to hear or you doing what they need you to do at that moment to make their life easier. Now, for a teenager to feel all that pressure at one particular time to make their parents feel better, it can be too overwhelming. That's why I want you as a parent to clarify a couple things up front. Tell your teenager, look at my face. If I'm giving you a weird face, by the way, whatever the criticism your teenager is giving you about, like you brood or you have these evil eyebrows or you get this look on your face that's super confrontational or sarcastic, whatever it is that they've complained, tell them. If they see that on you or if you're putting off that vibe, you can promise them that's not the situation. That's just all the stress you're dealing with. So you're not mad at them personally. You just would like them to let you know when they're done with their homework. And if they're done with it and they've already finished it, no big deal. Go and eat dinner, do whatever they have to do. You're just checking on them. See, a little secret that I'll share with you guys that I do all the time with teenagers is I ask permission to ask a question. It sounds like this. Hey, I don't know if this is the case, but I got a vibe something's going on with you right now. I want to ask you a question about like how your day was and if if someone pissed you off or if I've pissed you off. I don't know, but I just get this weird vibe that something's going on with you and I just want to be able to ask you questions about it. Is that cool with you? I've never had a teenager say no. And the reason why I've never had a teenager say no is because I told them what my intention was to get into a conversation with them and to ask them some questions that they were going to have to think about and they're going to have to give me some information back. Just by me stating that, 
gave them power, gave them control, and it gave them a moment to kind of sit back and think about what they wanted to say when I did ask them a question. Now, if I just spot, f- fired off a bunch of questions at them, like, why didn't you do your homework yet? I may have been thinking in my mind, oh my gosh, were your little siblings bothering you and you couldn't do your homework? Um, did you get home late because they dropped you off late? But you know what it came out of my mouth sounding like as a parent? I can't trust you. I'm doubting and questioning you that you've been home all this time and you still haven't even done your homework. Why haven't you done your homework yet? From a teenager hearing that, the agitation is going to get triggered really fast. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to think you don't trust them, all these things that they're angry, been angry about. So instead, I want you to simply acknowledge them. Hey, listen, I know in the past I've come at you in a bad way or you know I've jumped down your throat, asked you about homework, stuff like that. So if it's all right with you, I just want to ask you a question. If you've actually done your homework or if you haven't done it, and if you haven't done it, you know, if, if you're just, if you have a plan to do it, just let me know. I'm just asking you to keep me posted. I'm not questioning you because I'm doubting you. That simple statement in a conversation with your kids before you ask them anything is like gold. It will get you out of so many stupid pointless conversations about things that don't even freaking matter. And parents, you know what I'm talking about. Because when you try to have a conversation with your teenager about helping them get prepared because it's the end of the quarter and you check their grades and you're worried that they have 15 missing assignments and you're just wondering on what assignments they have to do and if you need if they need their help and you have all these things you're trying to help them out with. But if it comes out of your mouth, if it comes out of your mouth, it sounds like this. Have you done your homework yet? They have no idea what the hell you're just thinking and that you're trying to help them. And they were thinking some things that you had no idea about. They've been stressing out about, they've been wasting time. Now there's only a week left in school and they have 15 assignments where they should have done it two weeks ago. And if they wouldn't have listened to their friend, if they would have came home early that one night, and if their teacher wasn't such a jerk, they go through their head every single scenario of why they got themselves in this bad situation and they're angry and frustrated with everybody around them. But secretly, they're more angry and frustrated with themselves They just may not always share that part. Parents, let your kids feel bad about their mistakes. Let them feel some ownership and some accountability for what they did wrong. So don't make it about you being mad at them. Play it cool. So here's what I want to share with you guys, what my e-course is going to be about. And when I say going to be about, this is not going to be the first one. The Parenting Partnership is the first one. This will be the second or third one. What the e-course is going to be about is how to play it cool even when you're not cool. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Your kids are doing things that are stressing you out, frustrating you, and things that they're capable of doing. Maybe they're just being lazy, bad habits, they forgot. Whatever it is, they're young, they don't have the life experience, and they're going to piss you off and irritate you, or they're just going to make your day a whole lot more challenging and frustrating because they forgot their backpack or they forgot something, or they you know, they had to go back to their piano lesson because they forgot their wallet there. Whatever it is, they're going to be doing things that's going to make your day more stressful and difficult. But it's up to you to play it cool so A, they don't take it personal, and B, so you're not trying to be their friend in a way that you have to submit to all their needs just to get them to like you. We all got that friend in a friend group that kisses everybody's butt, that apologizes for everything that comes out of their mouth that may be wrong. They go, oh, I'm so sorry. uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're constantly apologizing for everything. But when when someone constantly apologizes for everything, it doesn't make them attractive 
it makes them look like they're sorry. And they know it because then they apologize for apologizing so much. And you look at them saying, you're really sweet and I like you, but I can't really respect you because it sounds really weak the way you're apologizing over and over again. So when you're trying to be cool with your friends, well, I mean, not your friends, with your kids, it kind of has the same effect. You're trying to be their friend, you're trying to be their buddy, and you're trying to be cool and you're trying to say funny things, but it's too easy to miss because it's not your personality and they can see that you're going outside of your lane to be cool with them. So instead of trying to be cool, I want you to focus on one thing that's going to get you a better relationship and to help you have mutual respect and get your kids respect. And that's just learn how to play it cool. When your kids don't take out the trash when they're supposed to, you tell them, I need you to take out the trash. And they say, oh my gosh, I forgot. I was going to do it. And you say, it's all good. I'm just reminding you because I know that in the past when you forgot, you just need a little extra minor. But it's all good. I trust you can handle it. If you say that two or three times in one night or something similar and they still haven't picked up the trash, now you can go to them and be much more direct. Direct. You can go to them and say, hey, come here. I'm about to go and put pick up the trash, put it away. I don't know what's going on with you tonight, but I'm assuming something must be really big and important in your life that's so big that you haven't forgot that you've forgotten to do something so simple like taking out the trash. I know you have no problem taking out the trash. By the way, say that even if they act like they have a problem taking out the trash because they don't have a problem taking out the trash. They have a problem with doing anything that makes them feel uncomfortable. That's right. They're a teenager. This is what teenagers do. They go, ugh, ugh. They roll their eyes like, oh, oh my gosh, so uncomfortable. I had a mother today, the sweetest mother in the world, the best intentions. She told me, I need you to help me because my son is getting this bad habit where when he walks away from me, when I tell him to do things, he's so rude, he walks away and he's not like saying, okay, mom, it's all right, I got you. He's just going, okay, whatever, and walks away and he's just, it's so rude, it's hurting my feelings. What I do to stop him from being rude when he walks away? I said, absolutely nothing because he's not being rude. She goes, what? It's totally rude. I go, oh, no, 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 you're right. The action is rude, but... He's a teenager that's practicing how to feel about certain emotions. So for example, this particular teenager, he should have been acting like this years ago, but years ago, he's too busy trying to make everybody happy and being quiet and staying in his own shadow and not bothering anybody. Even though he's older now and he should be more respectful, he's just experimenting with being a punk teenage kid. He's just being kind of a punk right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's par for the course. It's very normal. This mom just not used to it because she's never had this with the teenage boy before. You know, this is the first time she's had to deal with a situation like this. And on top of not dealing with this before, she's taking that by him acting like this is that he doesn't love her and disrespect her. No, he has no idea that he's doing it. He's practicing being grumpy and being irritable because he's grumpy and irritable. He just never thought he could show that. He's the type of kid that even if he was mad and angry with people, he'd act like he wasn't because he didn't want them to like them. He didn't have a lot of social opportunities. Kids weren't asking him to go hang out and do things. So every time he had an opportunity to be around friends, even if they're being jerks and rude and stupid, he'd play it cool and act like it was all good because he didn't want to ruin it. So then he comes home. He's mad that he's not having the friends that he wants to have. He's frustrated that he doesn't get to have the social life that he wants to have. But since he's working at it and he's talking about what he's got going on, because I'm seeing him, he's sharing with me 
his anger. And guess what happens when you share your anger? It makes you angry. Have you ever had a really bad work situation, parents, and you talked about it all day long? And at the very end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so done to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm over it. I'm exhausted. And you come home, you run your partner and they're like, how was your day? And I go, oh, it sucked because this. They go, tell me about it. And you start telling them about it. And about 30 seconds into it, you feel the adrenaline come back and you start getting worked up. You're like, oh my gosh, here it goes. And you can't stop it. You just want to talk more about it. And then you get all worked up and you can't go to bed. That's not because you're a bad person. That's not because you didn't process it earlier. It's because you're a human being and human beings get worked up when they talk about things that make them angry or frustrated or pissed off. So when you're talking to your teenager about doing chores and they say, yeah, fine, whatever, and they walk away in this rude attitude and roll their eyes and go do the chores, they're not being rude and disrespectful to you. You know what they feel? That the chores are disrespecting them. That it's freaking unfair that these chores are asking them to do them. And guess what? They're supposed to be thinking that way because as teenagers, they're supposed to think things are unfair. They're supposed to test the system. It's their job to actually poke holes in the family system so that you parents have to patch it up and make the family better. Because the family that you created, the family that you raised when your kids were one years old, three years old, and five years old is not relevant with teenagers today. I don't care if you still have young kids. If you got teenagers in the house, guess what happened to that family plan that you started when you and your loved one got married? It's gone. Might as well burn that thing in the fireplace, crumple that up and throw it away because that has expired a long time ago. That family plan doesn't work anymore. Teenagers are put into the family at this developmental stage to help us evolve to be a better version of it. So, Playing it cool without trying to be cool means instead of trying to be your kid's friend, be the person that you would want to be friends with. And guess what good friends do? They show up. They're consistent. When you have personal failures in your life, they don't beat you down and remind you of all the things you did wrong to try to correct you and make you do it better. They go, well, you're obviously smart enough to know that you made a mistake. So then that means you're smart enough to figure out a way to make it better. If your kids come to you and say, hey, can you help me dig myself out of this hole? Doesn't mean you can't help them, but also doesn't mean you're so quick to bail them out. Playing it cool means you can pretend to not know what to do in certain situations. So then your kids have to put in a little work themselves to figure out what they need to do. Here's, here's a trap that a lot of parents get caught up in. You're so scared your kids are going to make a mistake because they're showing lots of behavior that leads you to believe that they're capable of making really big mistakes. Then they make a mistake, like, I don't know, forgetting to file their college applications on time. Then they don't meet the timeline and you're stressed out saying, I knew that they were going to fail at doing this. I knew that they were going to blow this. And because of that, now they are down on themselves because their other friends got accepted to colleges and they're not accepted to college. Now I have to deal with this grumpy person in my house moaning and complaining. And you can see that they're grumpy because they're making a big issue out of every little thing because they're unhappy. And in your 
you're equal fair mind. You're saying, well, it's not fair and it's not e- it's not fair that we have to deal with this attitude because they screwed up themselves. So then you get irritated and then you get agitated and you start saying, well, it's not our fault that you didn't file for your college applications in time. Well, it's not our fault this happened. You start telling them these little things and they go, well, it's not my fault that the teacher, well, you should have done this. And then we go in this tit for tat back and forth. We get into a big argument with our kids all over what? because they're a teenager that doesn't like to feel uncomfortable and you're a parent that doesn't like to see your kids stress and worry. Well, here's what you're going to do. When they start to act like that, you're going to play it cool. You're going to go, man, shoot. So you, you didn't turn in your college application time and now you're going to have to wait till longer. You may not even be able to go to college the very first semester and that means you won't graduate on time unless you go to summer school in college and make up quarters. Oh, wow. This is a horrible, tough situation that you're going through. By the way, a little timeout. If you're a parent listening to this and, and are thinking, well, this isn't that horrible. It's not that tough situation. They can just start out a quarter later in college. Exactly. You're freaking out about something that's not even that freaking big of a deal in the first place. If your kid starts college a quarter after, your mind can say, well, what if they take a quarter off and they get too lazy and they'll go back to school and they don't get enough, uh, they don't have a job that pays them enough money and then this happens and that happens and that happens. Well, what if we wake up tomorrow morning and an earthquake happens and now our water supply is gone, the power out, the, the power grid's out and we have no electricity. There are a lot of what ifs for us to worry about. And I apologize if I'm not concerned about the what if, about the small percentage chance that if your kid doesn't go to college in the first semester, that somehow that means that they're not going to be successful in the rest of their life. I would argue the opposite. Amen for unanswered prayers. Amen for your lazy kid not having the wherewithal to sign up for the college application time because they would have started off college obviously before they're ready. If they can't even freaking sign up for college in time without you helping them, trust me, they ain't ready to go to college yet. They need to pump the brakes and get their stuff squared away, first of all. And how they do that, that's a whole nother topic. But parents, you can help your kids get to the next level by you playing it cool, but not trying to be cool. Don't try, don't put all your effort into trying to be their friend. Be a person that they would naturally want to be friends with. And that means a consistent person because guess what's going to happen with their own real friends? They're going to flake on them. They're going to stab them in their back. They're not going to be loyal to them and cross some sort of line and who they're going to come back and complain about their friends. Well, if you play your cards right and you play it cool, you'll be the trusted adult and they will come back and complain to their friends about you. And if you've been listening to this podcast, and you continue to listen to podcasts, you're going to continue to play it cool. When they come and they diss on your friends, especially friends that you didn't like, and you were like, I told you your friend was a bad friend. I told you they weren't good for you. You still play it cool and you act like you didn't have those feelings because you want your kid to have the win that they figured out that this wasn't a good person for them to hang out with. This was not a good friend or that they figured out that they're not ready to go to college right now because they haven't adulted enough yet, trust me, you would rather have them come to these great epiphanies themselves because when they tell you this out loud and you pretend like you had no idea that they weren't ready or that this was a bad friend, 
then they look at you with this gleaming glow in their face and they have this sense of pride in themselves that they figured out a difficult problem that right now at the moment seems so obvious that they shouldn't be friends with this person or so obvious of what they need to do to get their life together, but it's a beautiful moment when they get to look at you and they say, I figured this out without you teaching it to me or without you doing it for me and making it painfully obvious. And you get to look at them, pretend like you had no idea, and you get to be on their team and going, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Wow, man, if you could figure this out, imagine all these other cool things that you could figure out too. And this only happens, parents, when you play it cool. When you try to be the lifeguard and you try to save them from drowning in a pool that's only two feet deep, yes, if that's your biggest issue is that your kids aren't going to go to school on time or you know, here in, in, uh, in, in the religious community we have here, a lot of people are worried that right when their kids graduate that they're not going to be ready to go on a mission. Well, trust me, there's a lot of kids I'm counseling right now that their kids, their parents want them to go on a mission when they graduate from college or from high school or their parents want them to go to college right when they're graduated. And if we're totally honest, like totally honest, the kid would say, I'm not ready. The parent would say, oh, they're definitely not ready. I would say they're not ready. But for some reason, there's this expectation that if they are not ready at the time that they can be ready, that in some way you failed as a parent and they failed as a kid. It's absurd. It's not a sign of failure. It's a sign of where they're at at that moment. They need more time. They need more reps. And you might need more practice learning how to be able to better partner with them at that particular time. So play it cool does not mean you have to try and be cool to be their friends. Being consistent, being a person who doesn't freak out all the time and let your emotions get the best of you and can sit back and let them have some of their own experiences and just be a person they can talk to, that's also playing it cool. This is how you become a trusted parent, a trusted adult, and before you know it, they're sharing things with you that you can't even believe they're opening up and sharing and you're playing it cool and they keep on sharing it with you and the pipeline of information from your kid's life to you will never stop because they know that you're not going to jam it up. You're going to help relieve their stress and their tension and you're one of the few people that gets them and understands them. If I do this here, she would end us with this, but I'm going to end it with you right now. Let's light the fight. You're in a fight for influence over your kids in their lives. But you cannot influence your kids to live the life you want them to live. Your influence will always be greater if you're curious about the things that they're curious about, if you're supportive in the situations that you don't want to be supportive in because you know they're an idiot and they made a stupid mistake and now you got to bail them out for it. You are a better support person and a trusted person and their friend if you consistently are just there for them. You play it cool. And they know you can handle anything they're going through. So why would they stop telling you what they're going through? So thank you for continuing to help us light the fire.